Welcome to the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your breakthrough coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you're here with me this week. I'm wondering something. Have you ever gotten the groove of doing something and you've done it enough times, you kind of stop thinking about some of these critical checkpoints? Well, this is what happened with this interview. I didn't check to see what microphone I was using. So it got recorded using my AirPods instead of my good microphone. Dang it. Anywho, luckily it is a great interview. So hopefully you won't care too much about my subpar audio. This week, I am talking to Mark Drager. Mark is a pro conversationalist and host of the YouTube show, We Do Hard Things. Mark believes that happiness only comes from pursuing our passion at all costs. We know growth takes risk, sacrifice, and hard work, and too often we don't want to risk the okay to get the extraordinary, he says. Looking back, life makes sense. The dots connect, and we can see how we faced and survived everything that was thrown at us. And looking forward, life is uncertain and scary. We can't see or imagine things magically working out. And yet, if we apply the same thinking to our future as we can to the past, we see that life will give us all these amazing twists and turns, but it will all work out for the best. If we want to live in big, bold, extraordinary life, we can't live in fear and doubt. We can't play it safe. We must face the scary and the difficult, do the hard things, and pursue your passion at all costs. Because no one else is going to do it for you. Now I have to say that all cost thing kind of had me worried and we kind of dig into that really early on in the conversation. And I loved really how he brought me around to his way of thinking about it. Check it out. I hope you enjoy it. So Mark, I am so glad you are here. Can you tell me more about how you spend your days? I kind of think about how do, how do you spend your time? I spend my time obviously coaching people. I spend my time talking about productivity. We were talking earlier that I spend my time being an auntie. You know, for you, how do you think about how you spend your time these days? Well, well, thank you for having me. But yeah, um, it's interesting because I've heard you say and others say how much of a watershed moment the pandemic was. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we're going to get tired of talking about this. Maybe we will. But but if there was pre-pandemic, Mark, uh, I am, am a brand strategist. I'm a marketer. I started a creative agency in 2006 that we built up that I say we, me, and, and I had a team. I had 24 staff, multi-million dollar company. We worked with national brands, national campaigns, high stress, lots of hours. So pre-pandemic, you know, I, I, I heard through the, through, the, through the lockdowns and stuff, lots of little things from my kids going, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. And I, go, I don't remember that. And they go, oh, you were at work. Oh, oh this, this was going, when, when did that happen? They're like, you weren't home. And I kept hearing this and hearing this. Today, oh. I, I, yeah, it's, it's a little heartbreaking, it's but, like, ouch, but ouch. it's like, it's ouch because the pandemic forced me to come home. We closed our offices. Our company is much smaller. I mean, it it wiped out our revenue, which was not a lot of fun. Right, uh, right. But we're down to four people now. I work from home. But my days are actually spent. I was even telling myself this this morning. I was struggling getting out of bed. And I was thinking, I have so much to do. 
I have so much I get to do. And then I was looking at my calendar going, I get to spend my days right now doing exactly what I've worked the last two or three years to make sure I can do. Mm-hmm. I, get to, I get to talk to you. Yeah. I get to have another podcast uh, recording interview with an extraordinary person later this afternoon. I went to the gym. I, I got my kids up. I woke them up. I made them lunch. I dropped them off at school. I get to make dinner and go for a one-hour walk with my wife. Like, like today, the way I spend my time, and I struggle with this, the way I spend my time is much more on the things that are healthier for me mentally, physically, with relationships. The part I struggle with is I get a lot less done. <laughs> and, and that balance of like, well, is it better to work yourself ragged and burn yourself out and, and get a lot done and accomplish a lot? Is that any way to live? Right. Or is there another way to live where we can live more in the moment and we can enjoy things more and we can be healthier and less stress-filled and still accomplish our goals, even if it takes a little longer? Is that okay? And, and I'm kind of stuck there right now. Maybe you can help me. You're, well, you're navigating that for sure. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I think about, uh, really changing how people, how people think about productivity and about it being moving forward what matters most, right? That's not always going to be getting a lot of things checked off of a list. And so it's moving forward what matters most while still being present. You know, the people, opportunities and experiences around you. And I wasn't like, I loved it when, uh, you submitted, you know, there, so for the, for the listeners out there, I asked people to submit a, a form ahead of time so I could get to know my guests a little bit in case I don't know them well or I, I get to know what you want to talk about. And one of the things you said in there is like, we can talk about anything. We can, we can, we, this could be structured, it could be unstructured. And of course I'm planned and I have all this stuff over here, but I'm like, all right, I got to go to this question that I've been wanting to ask you. I was going to wait till later, but I want to ask you right now. We're going. I'm for so it. intrigued because, because, Listen, if there's one thing you expect from a productivity coach, it's a planned structure. So so let's break structure. Let's go. Oh, I am I am all about a model. See, I'm I'm less about plans and more about models. Like you like give me a model to work off of so that then I can just I can flex that and I can personalize I, yeah. that. Like, I call them frameworks. Doesn't that sound yes. fancier? Frameworks? Framework, framework. <laughs> I'll take that over like a you know, step by step any day. Okay, so here's here's the question I want to ask about because I feel like this is we're, we're going there. You're taking me there. So one of the things you say is we must face the scary and difficult, do the hard things and pursue your passions at all costs. And that at all costs part from the moment you and I got to meet virtually, I was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. So tell me because I, I feel like what you're talking about right now is kind of experiencing a different version of that maybe or a different awareness about, you know, what matters to you. And so I'm curious now, has there been a shift in pre-pandemic and post-pandemic of like, of what matters and what at all costs really means to you? Yeah, well, thank you for that question. Uh, so the reason I say at all costs is it's very uncomfortable to make a statement that bold. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, well, what does that mean? We we must pursue our passions. Most people can get on board with that. Yeah, I... I I want to start that new business. I want to earn more money. I want to take that trip. I want to um, have a richer relationship. I want to be there for my kids as they're growing up. So that way, when they run into hard times, they turn to me and not to other people. I want like, just think of all the things we may want. I want to, I want to have a healthier life so that way I can play with the grandkids, what, whatever it is. And so the thing is though, I don't think most of us know what we want really. That's, that's really Mm -hmm. hard. We all fear judgment. We all fear making mistakes. We all fear wasting our time. 
And so the reason why it's so important for us to pursue our passions is because we wake up at 40, at 60, on our deathbed, realizing that we lived our life for others. Mm-hmm. We put others first every second of every day. So pursuing our passions means we're going to put ourselves first. Now, the at all costs, you have to be willing to risk everything to be able to pursue your passion. It doesn't mean you will lose everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that everything will fall apart. But I've learned that you can't tiptoe your way to the edge. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, you need to throw yourself off the cliff. And that is the at all costs. So let's imagine, uh, you know, Mother's Day w- recently happened. Let's imagine that you don't have the relationship that, that you want with your, with your mother or your, or your parent because you want to go off and do this thing and you're afraid that, that they're not going to be happy with you. They, they won't support you. They won't want you. They want what's best for you. They're not going to be in your corner. So most of us will ignore the conversation. We'll do it secretly or we just won't do it for fear of it coming out. Now, the at all costs means I am going to risk the relationship with my mother to pursue what's important to me to make me happy. And if I do that and it doesn't work out, they're still going to be there for me. When you come around and you say, you were right, I was wrong, I'm sorry, look at what I learned, look at how great it was. Let's say it all goes to hell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're going to be there for you. But if if and when it doesn't all go to hell and it does work out, you can come back graciously. You might even inspire them. You might inspire them to change. You might show them what a bold version of you can be. So the at all costs is just really the thing where it comes down to like, you have to be willing to lose it. You have to be willing to risk it. You have to put the things on the edge, knowing that it's never going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's so interesting that you say that the mother part, I mean, it was Mother's Day recently, but uh, I have a somebody close to me that has amazing writer and has a, you know several books inside of them. And, uh, and says, I just can't, I don't know how my mom would feel. I don't know if she could take it. The stuff that I really want to write about, I don't know that she could take it. And I'm just like, find out, <laughs> find out. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I would love for her to take the at all costs mentality on that. You know, I would love for her to go like, yeah, which I'm just going to do it. It's going to be okay one way or the other. And, and when I started on this journey, uh, maybe about two years ago and the journey being uh, a host, putting content out, putting myself out there, uh, there are parts of my childhood that I didn't used to talk about that I would never have admitted re- that were abusive, but clearly were abusive. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that my mom was in my corner growing up. And I know that my mom did the best that she could with what she had. But if I tell these stories just in passing, people will think that, why would a mother do that? Why would she put her kids in this? Like all of that stuff. And so yeah. I, I realized I could either not talk about this. I could talk about it and then risk. <laughs> Her finding out and being mortified or or whatever it is. Or I could just walk over to her house one day and say, hey, this is happening and I'm going to be doing this and I hope you're okay with it. But I just wanted to give you a heads up. That was the hard thing. Yep. <laughs> right? that, yep. was, that was the scary, hard, difficult thing. And guess what? She said, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. By the way, I wrote a memoir years ago that I didn't tell you about. Do you want to read it? <laughs> and so, so now I have a copy of her memoir, which is far too revealing for a son to read as well. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't have known that. Like, what an amazing thing happened, and it brought us closer together. Yeah, all because you're willing to do the hard thing. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So I'm. I'll keep. 
I'll keep working on my. Okay, my but are you person. willing? Are you willing to pursue your passion at all costs? I am. You know, that's. I think that's the shift that that happened for me. Um, was that I wasn't for a while there. I wasn't, and and for me, it was about. I, I can't remember if you were talking about it one time, but the like the, kind of the personality structures that can kind of get in the way. And for me, I'm a type nine Enneagram, and that's very much harmonizer. Oh, you're a nine. Welcome. I, I'm a six, so we're like oh, both part of the same. <laughs> yeah, we're the same. <laughs> I moved triad. to nine at times a piece. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the harmonizer, right? So it's like, hey, if you're okay, I'm okay. And I was very much in that mode. I was very much an average to unhealthy nine for a long time. I didn't realize that, didn't know it. And in discovering that and learning more about just me and my own wiring, man, it meant like the the words bold and brave were the words I had to start embracing. And I did find those 2016, uh, end of 2015, actually, that I started embracing that idea. And, and actually 2016 uh, actually made bold and brave my words for the year to just feel like you got to just. You just got to go like you might lose people along the way. You might not. You just got to go for this and see what happens. And it changed everything. Yeah. And 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 think about this, like what an amazing gift. Now, now, if I'm cynical by nature and I'm super skeptical and I grew up in a very cynical, very kind of pessimistic type environment, very fixed mindset. But but imagine if you show up feeling confident, feeling happy, fulfilled, if you're working through your days and you're in flow and you're doing the things you love, just play this out. Are you are you more likely or less likely to be short-tempered, to be frustrated, or are you going to show up more gracious and grace-filled for other people, right? So like right. you taking care of yourself is not selfish. Being selfish is not selfish. It's selfless mm-hmm. because it allows you to show up for others so much better. Mm-hmm. And And so that is the, I don't know if we need to rewire society or if it's just looking at things through a different lens and lots of people in my life think that that that's bananas that it's reframing that it's hooey or what have you and yet i can tell you more often than not i'm way at more at peace i'm way happier um i don't get a ping from my phone and just hate it i don't get a phone call coming in just dreading it Mm-hmm. I'm excited about stuff. I'm excited mm-hmm. and optimistic about the future and what could be. And and we're building great things and we're trying things and we're taking bigger risks. But it all comes from me being willing to pursue my passions, which, you know, is ultimately trying to get everyone else to pursue theirs. I'm like the biggest cheerleader. <laughs> totally. Totally. So it's interesting, though, because I think it can be somebody listening to this can be like, yeah, but I mean, you're special somehow, Mark. Like, so, you know, what, what do you I think? I am special. Stuff? I am uh-huh. awesome. And, and? <laughs> everyone else is as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but so, so, here's, so here's the thing. Um, I didn't used to work out and I wasn't healthy because I quote unquote didn't have time. I, I know I know you had oh, an amazing episode I've, on it. I've seen, I've seen the Chunk to Hunk uh, <sighs> video. So this is, y- y'all need to go. Re- I don't know. Like you tell them where to go to see this. <laughs> Go to Mark's YouTube channel. Like the chunk to hunk challenge is crazy. It's crazy that the work that even before that, but just the work that you've done to yeah. just be feel healthier and stronger and more confident. Yeah, and and the chunk to hunk challenge was a ninety day challenge that turned into a hundred and twenty day challenge. Where at thirty eight years old, never having really like 
been on a strict diet, never really have, I've never, never did strength training or lifted weights. I was like, I'm going to get six pack abs. Um, and that was a really hard challenge. And I got pretty thin and I got pretty lean and I got pretty ripped and I made myself really proud. But even it's taken me months and months and months. And even last week, I was speaking to a friend who's a business owner. I still feel guilty working out in the middle of the day because that's business hours and business yeah. hours is for business and working out to me is like not business it's a hobby or it's you know what have you and so the the bridge was i started waking up earlier so i could start working earlier so i could work out in the middle of the day and then not feel guilty now i've hit the point where it's just like if i don't work out and take care of myself i don't look the part and believe it or not you and i right we're all of us are being judged by people and the way we look the way we feel and how we show up impacts not only our productivity, but, but our, our success. And mm -hmm. so, again, is this me just bending over backwards in my mind to say, I need to feel good and look good to do my job. Therefore, working out is part of my job. Therefore, working out during the middle of the day, I should not feel guilty about. I don't know if, that's a, if it's a giant reframe or not, but the truth is all of that stuff is true to me. Mm -hmm. I need to work out. Working out in the middle of the day is the best time to do it. It's not a distraction from work. It actually makes me better in all of these other ways. So just let go of the guilt. Well, and I, I love that, though, that, that you're aware that for you, that's the best time for you, right? That the middle, like for me, it's morning. Like I got, if it doesn't get done in the morning, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But maybe, maybe there's a, a new experiment for me to run. I love running experiments. We're talking about this before we started recording, just like experimenting with time and what works and what doesn't work and how that shifts over time. We're not, you're not going to walk into one schedule, you know, at one part of your life and, and stick with that forever. It's being able to listen to your body, listen to yourself, pay attention to when you're in flow, when you're not. I used to feel bad about working at night. I used to really feel bad about working at night. And that's because back in the day, I worked at night to avoid my marriage. And did not realize I was doing that. I'm remarried very happily. And so I have this guilt about, you know, I used to have this guilt about working at night. But sometimes there's just these projects where I need the quiet and kind of the dark and just a big chunk of time. Like there's something about night sometimes for me where I work really well. And there's sometimes about early morning sometimes for me. And so I have, I like to have a general rhythm to my life, but I got to flex in and out of it. And so I love that you're saying like, this is when it works for me. Middle of the day workout. Yeah. Like that's when it works for me. That's when it gets, it gets done. And I need to do that for myself. Well, but, but think about this. If how many of, if you're an achiever, if you're, uh, if you're someone who's trying to make it happen, we've been surrounded for years with the like 6am, get up at 6am. And then it was like, get up at 5am. So like, get up at 4am. And I was telling you that I that it was a time where I got up really early. And my body was waking me up at like 3.30 in the morning, 3.15. I'm going to bed at 8 p.m. It's not it, like it works for me from a work point of view, but it's not working for me from a life point of view. And I heard from so many people, they're like, oh, I just can't get up at 4 a.m. You don't have to get up. Like get up at yeah, 10 a.m. every day if that works for you <laughs> yeah. and work at night. This is how basic some of some of these uh, fear of judgment or these this the self judgment that we place on things. If getting up at 10 a.m. every single day and then spending four hours before you start to get to work, but you're still putting in 10 or however many hours you deem you need to put in of of focused or hard work or whatever it is, and you are getting the results you want, who cares? Like, get up at 10 a.m. Like it it doesn't matter. And yet we hold on to all of these structures that we somehow think matter. 
and they don't. Just whatever works for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's there. I actually just did an episode about this where it came out today, actually, about like the roles that we play and the fact that when we're, you know, we come in, we come into this world and there's all these expectations on us already, whether, you know, it's the gender that we're born with. And so therefore, you know, or the sex that we're born with and therefore the gender identity that tends to go along with that or whether it's like what it means to be a good child or a good parent eventually and all these different things. And I think a lot of people were missing the best of people because of what they kind of tamp down in order to fit these molds and to play the rules as they're defined to them. And and sometimes it's, you know, society and sometimes it's just observation of what other people do. I know that for me, it's, it's so funny as a kid to, to look back and go, oh, I didn't realize that some of these things weren't normal. You know, like, oh, I didn't realize like some of these behaviors in my family weren't like typical or wh- whatever what do you mean? What do you mean? Give me well, one. No, I just I was just telling somebody about this the other day. Uh, I had we always our house is the house where like cousins came to stay in the summertime. Right. So we always had all these slumber parties and all this stuff. And I remember my dad would leave at night and that didn't that like I, I just didn't question that. Dad would leave at night sometimes. I didn't know that my dad gambled. <laughs> I had no idea. The dad was going out to gamble and who knows what else. Uh, there were other things I'm sure he was getting involved in too, um, based on my, my parents' divorce, my eventual divorce. But based on, based on the court, on the court reporting. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was, it was no, like after a while, it's just like, you know, you go stay at other people's houses and it, it took a while. I think it was, I was probably in my teens before I realized it was like, oh yeah, other people's dads don't just leave at night. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. And my sister was like, I know, didn't you ever think that was weird? I'm like, not for a long time because it's all I knew. And so I yeah. think there's these, all these rules that we take on because we're observing only what we know and what we've seen. And when you get out into the world or you just listen to yourself and think about, gosh, what can, what do I want to bring to this role? What's the best of me? And how am I going to live this role giving the best of me? Which I think is always the ideal for this world is for people to get to bring the best of themselves into the world. Hey, I, yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me that so many people, so my, my podcast, We Do Hard Things, mm-hmm. you can pour into that or pull out of that whatever you want. You know, doing hard things. Some, some people, I, I interview a lot of Navy SEALs. So people think, yeah, we got to do like physically tough challenges. You know, I did the Chunk Down Challenge. I'm training for Spartan. Maybe your version of doing hard things is that. It's like just mm-hmm. physically pushing yourself to teach yourself that discomfort is okay, that you can do it, that you can push so much harder. But it it also could just be your relationship with money mm-hmm. or the courage to um, step on. My wife is an actress. And every time she steps onto stage in front of an audience, I am so nervous for her. And so like, and, and, and I love hosting and I love going on stage. But the thought of like singing and dancing and acting and doing like, it's just like, I'm just waiting for something to go wrong. And I'm already embarrassed for her. Like I just, she has a courage that I don't have. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard thing. or. You know, my, my daughter doing her dance competition or you starting this podcast or, I mean, in your story, working through, you know, your relationships even from, you know, your divorce to your remarriage. The more I knew about you, the more I'm just like, gosh, what a hard, what a hard, challenging thing to work through and yet find a version of you that you didn't even know was there. And, and, and you even said that, you know, before you were working at night. Now you're not working at night as much because the relationship is better. And it's just like, isn't that what we want? Like, don't we want our life 
to be happier and more at ease and more at peace and more creative and more fulfilling and all of those things. And, and so all of those areas, we have to bump up against our comfort zone. We have to do the things that don't come naturally to us, which is, which is incredibly like just the most uncomfortable thing you can do. And yet we all know because we've done it on the other side of doing it. It just, it's not that big of a deal. It wasn't, you know, you made yourself proud. It wasn't that hard. It's almost shocking how much not a big deal. <laughs> For me, sometimes I'm like, wow, I was really worked up about that. And what I like about what you talk about with We Do Hard Things is that it's, it's what's hard for you, right? Not what, what everybody else says is hard. It's whatever, what, whatever's hard for you. That's going to be completely unique and specific to you, not what everybody else says it's got to be. And I, I really, I really appreciate and respect that message. So part of what you're doing in your work is, I know you said, like, I want to bring hope. I just want to bring hope to people. And my favorite definition of hope is the belief that tomorrow will be better than today and that I will have a hand in making it so. So I'm just curious, like, what's, what's your take on hope? There's, this is your, this is your approach to doing it, right? Doing all these, having these amazing conversations with people that are doing hard things with modeling that yourself. But what does hope actually mean to you? Because it sounds, it sounds active, right? Yeah. It sounds like a, an, an engaged kind of thing, like hope rather than a yeah. passive thing. Well, I've always identified as a dreamer. You know, I dream really, really big. And for those of us who have dreams or high hopes or um, I don't even want to call them goals because goals feel more specific than even just dreams or this this inner pull that we have, that there's just more. Like we are built for more. And the more that we do that and then don't follow up or take action or take steps towards it, we, we teach ourselves that our dreams are really just dreams that are unachievable. Mm-hmm. Or even worse, and I did this to myself, that I'm a liar. That I'm just someone who talks a lot, but then doesn't do it. That I'm a hypocrite. That I'm a liar. That I can't trust that my dreams will ever happen or, or any of those things. And so for me, I take hope, and I believe others do as well, in knowing that what you want can be achieved. And on far ends of the spectrum, of course, there may be the quote unquote impossible, but let's, let's ignore those. Let's just ignore those. Let's say that you want to earn four times more money than you're earning now. That is life changing to a lot of people, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot more money than you're earning now. Doing the things that you're doing aren't going to get you there. Thinking the way that you're thinking isn't going to get you there. But earning four times more money is totally possible. So why, you know, why do you want to earn that money, right? So that way you just, I need to earn more money. I want to earn more money. Why? Let's not judge it. I want more money so that way I can pay for my kid's education or I can move out of this neighborhood because I want a better neighborhood or I can finally buy a sports car because I've always wanted one. It doesn't matter, but know that other people have done it. So who else has done it? Right. It's possible. It's possible mm-hmm. to earn four times more money. Yeah, other people have done that it. evidence. Yeah. Exactly. And then once we know that other people have done it, we ask, how have they done it? And you find someone who has done it in a way that you believe you might be able to do. And then here's the last question, which most people really don't ever ask themselves. So it's it's what do you want? Why do you want it? Who's done it? How did they do it? Okay, cool. We got a framework now, right? So I want to earn four times more money. I'm I'm gonna work through all of that stuff. 
The next question is, are you willing to do what they did to get it? Mm-hmm. And this is ultimately like the question. Because in my health challenge, other people have lost weight in their 30s and, and gotten fit and gotten abs. Cool. So, so I want, I want to get lean because I've always been, I've always considered myself a fat guy. I want to get lean. Next thing, you know, who's done it? I, I hired a coach who did it personally himself. How did he do it? The coach is going to teach me how to do it. But, but when you get to the point where it's like, am I willing to do what they did to get the results? I thought I was. We got a few weeks into the challenge and I was not, I, I, I was struggling. I was, I was kind of cheating on my diet. I wasn't doing everything on time. I wasn't working out the same right way. I was trying to skip stuff. And my coach said, Mark, what do you think you signed up for? Like, like this is what you signed up for. You have to do this to get the result you want. If you just do this, you will get the results you want. So I don't understand what the problem is. And when he explained it that way, there was a little thing in my head that flipped off. And I was like, oh, I do want this. Oh, I just have to do this. If I do it, I'm going to get the results. I guess I better do it. And I find so much hope in that, in knowing that almost anything you want to do, you can achieve with the right amount of time and the right amount of focus. It's not going to work out the way you want. It's not going to work out in the time you want. But just knowing that you can do anything to me is like, <laughs> I, I find so much assurance in that, that, that yeah. I like, the future is now like totally possible, totally open, anything I want it to be. That is exciting as hell. I, I love that. Like I said, hope is like my favorite word. It happens to be my wife's last name, which it's crazy that I didn't change my name to her last name because I love that word so much. <laughs> and so I love that that's what you're doing. And I love that that's what you see is, is what's possible, right? There's just anything, anything absolutely is. And I think that that's, sometimes overwhelming for people to think of like anything's possible because they don't know what they want. And I was listening to uh, a podcast recently with uh, Amy Porterfield and she was talking about jealousy and, and about how like when you kind of, when you see somebody getting something that you want and you're kind of like, Oh man. And you get kind of like envious, you know, and that that's a tool for clarity. Cause I, I think a lot of times what's missing is clarity for people on what it is they actually want. There's what they think they want and what they actually want. And I, so that's why I love the why question, like having that be that second question, because you might find that what you want is a little bit different when you dig into the why behind it. And in, in business, we would sell so much more if we realized that like, Hey, right before this pitch or right before the sale or getting feedback on your product and making your landing page or your sales page or your funnel or your course or whatever it is you do, like making it better, it's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to be a little shot against your pride. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. supposed to it's supposed to be uncomfortable to get that feedback. Mm-hmm. And then you can fix it and then you can change it and then you can make yourself better. All of these things are just facing those hard things that will make us better so we can level up and become the people we need to become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so much more to get to where you really want to go to optimize what it is that you want, because I I, we're, I think we're very aligned in this feeling of like, you know what, this is the life we get. Life is like, I'm just like, life's short. Life's too short to like not be loving it, not have everyday fulfillment. And sometimes though, that does, doesn't mean it's all going to feel good all the time because where you're trying to go. So it's like striking that balance of where you're trying to go and still have an everyday life you love because otherwise what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> all right. So 
people need to hear more from you. They need to, to build up their hope. Where can they find you? Where Where's the best place for them to hang out with you? Well, if you head over to YouTube, uh, search up my name, Mark Drager, or We Do Hard Things, you can check out the channel. We have, gosh, I don't know, we're going on 80 episodes, I think. Uh, up there or congratulations can... that's a lot of work that's a lot of hard work <laughs> you've done. thank you thank you yeah. um oh gosh it's so much fun i i'm, I'm having a blast but if you want to connect one-on-one head over to instagram you can dm me uh i don't have a va i don't have a bot if, if you send me a message it literally comes to my phone <laughs> so, so get so, ready be, be so, prepared you're gonna get marked <laughs> drop me a voice note and i will drop you a note back uh and, and yeah, go over to Instagram at Mark Drager. Thanks so much for being here. It's been so much fun. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh man, that was a lot of good stuff in that conversation. My favorite part was our discussion about hope and how Mark says that with enough time, you can achieve any goal you have for yourself. And then to just question everything and then answer these questions. One, what do you want? Two, why do you want it? Three, who has it or who's done it before? Four, how did they do it or how did they get it? Five, are you willing to do what they did? And six, what's the first small step? Now, anybody who is a regular listener of this podcast knows that that last one is one of my favorite questions. But what I really love is question number five, are you willing to do what they did? I love that anything is possible, but if you're not willing to do what it takes to get it done, let it go. You know what? Mark has another really great question for you. That's right. It is time for the question of the week. I asked Mark to give us a question of the week to get you thinking this week. And here's what it is. Are you ready? What was the last completely terrifying, scary, hard thing you did? And now that you're looking back, what magical thing did it lead to? Head on over to the Productivity Breakthrough on Instagram and answer the question of the week. You know what? I am so glad you're here with me this week and I'll be back again with you next week. Until then, keep moving forward what matters most. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today or uncover free resources over at EliseEnriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.